this morning the message is very simple he is risen amen i don't like to call it easter because the, it's got a lot of pagan connection to it and the one of the reasons uh, pagan connection we have is because after 300 years uh, there's a guy who came to know jesus and then he kind of make it institutionalized and that's how religion kicked in and uh, so the lot of christianity is pagan to its roots so that's why we have sunday which is regarding to the sun god and esther which is actually a star and easter which is actually a god of uh, uh, or chaldeans in all those nonsense so we i'd like to call it a happy resurrection day because the one who paid the price is not there anymore he is not dead is risen and i grew up in a in a different religious setting where i thought christianity is also a religion so some i grew up in a place where i i thought this is just a normal part of life you just go to church you do your christian thing and then you kind of join your christian club and you do you speak christianese which is basically praise the lord hallelujah glory to god all those kind of stuff i thought i'm doing a christian work and i am going to go to heaven but i didn't realize that jesus is nothing to do with christianity jesus is beyond christianity jesus is a god of all mankind so i always tell people are you a christian and people say uh, i i will ask them what do you mean when i you you are a christian i always tell them like i follow jesus you know you can call me then that's how they were called in those days if you read the book of acts the best book in the bible one of my favorite book and it says that the book of acts the non christians who who didn't believe in jesus are the ones who call those who believe in jesus christians so i would like to say that and i would like to say to papa's house who overcomes here you know it's not a religious place this is not a church this is papa's house papa means father father's house and we all belong to a family that's why in this papa's house we don't have a pastor right reverend left reverend center reverend no reverend it's you know i am 41 years old if you are younger to me you can call me anna or charles i'm fine with that if you are older i will call you anna and you can call me thambi and that's how we roll here very simple we keep it simple why because we have so much of religion in this country but we need to know the encounter of the real king of kings so this title goes like this he is risen and uh, this is a tomb uh, last year actually in june uh, when i almost finished 98 countries uh, preach the gospel and i wanted to go to israel to go and preach the gospel there as the 100th country so i said to the lord lord i won't be able to go i don't want to go as a tourist to get a stamp on my passport say so i also been there you know i said to the lord lord you have to open doors so june 19th i got an email saying uh, we heard about you we want you to come and run a holy spirit conference there and we pay your ticket that's always a good thing when they i always read the invitation and final part i would like to read you know because otherwise i'm a missionary and uh, i don't get a salary i live by faith so i always want to know that fine prints those are the fine prints and i was reading that fine print i'll pay your ticket and an honorarium that covered my wife's ticket also so hallelujah you know and the rest of it somebody blessed from papa's house we could able to fly so it was my 99th country was cyprus because i intended in such a way that i was in cyprus i will to do ministry and 100th nation was in israel so we were there in the 100th nation in israel on the upper room where the 
Holy Spirit fell upon people and they got baptized in, and we were able to run uh, a particular program there and people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful experience. So this is the tomb where they found out it is the place where Jesus was buried and uh, you can show that on the screen also. And um, let me see this video. That's my beautiful wife. She's not sleeping. So this is the video. This is the tomb where uh, Jesus was buried. So it says that... Um, he is not here, he is risen. And I believe, and I'm praying that as a Papa's house, we will be able to go in 2020 as a whole group. That's my prayer. And so I'm putting together some thoughts together and I'm going to share so we can all sign up and maybe at least 15, 20 people can go for a week and have some beautiful time there. And it gives you such a you know, weird goosebumps there. It's not just a religious site where you go and uh, there is a religious site where the, the Catholic Church has built a humongous temple and, and I don't want to get into any dispute by sharing my opinion, but it's kind of very dark in such a sense. But this place, they, they call it the Garden of the Tomb and where you go there and you just sense uh, the awesome presence of God. And, and, and of course, people try to ritualize, make all those religious eyes, stuff, stuff like that. But, but the sense of being there to know the guy who paid the price for me is not there. He is risen. And it's such a beautiful relief in your spirit. And everybody has to experience it. I'm, I'm not calling this as like a Mecca, but I'm also going to say this is a, a wonderful place to go and experience the resurrected king. And, and I would encourage you guys, you know, it will be a really opportunity. And please don't join into a tour club where they will make it as a religious trip and they will sell you water you know this is where Jesus got baptized they will sell you that water and this is where you know all those that's where the religion kicks in but if you go like as a family as a group where you this you're there and you you see these places and you just realize this is not just a Harry Potter story you just read or some kind of myth it's a real stuff and uh, and you could be able to learn a lot of stuff. So God gave me a privilege. And I'm praying that God will give us a privilege if you are interested. It, it will be really amazing that we could go and, uh, and do that. But the point is this. Um, when Jesus was walking on earth, there was less than 100 or 200 followers were there. And uh, most of them were, you know, mostly, if, if you look at them, they were not even educated fellows. You know, they were just a bunch of uh, fishermen. And uh, they were not... Uh, as etiquette as many people now in this current generation are. They are just normal people, lay people. They'll go fishing, come back. And if you look at them, their life were just 100 to 200 people were there. But Jesus took 12 disciples. The word disciple means a follower, a learner, somebody who learns. And after 2,000 years later, you see 2.3 billion followers of Jesus. And of course, it gets into the controversy of like, oh, you're talking about Christianity. No, I'm just saying these are the guys who believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose up and he lives in our hearts. So that's how this number puts together. But I want to talk to about the little perspective. It's not up there in the screen. If you look at 2.3 billion people, those 2.3 billion people or one out of every third person is, is a born-again Christian. So my point is this. Let's put this in perspective. How big is 2.3 2 billion people? That's more than India. That's more than India, USA, and Europe put together. 
So what's my point? The point is very simple. This organization that started with a bunch of fishermen in a small town 2,000 years ago, how come it grew such a big, massive movement? So that's what I want to focus on. And how can we take this gospel in a, in a, in a practical way to the people who don't know about Jesus? When I mentioned the word Jesus, immediately they connected with Christianity because that's how people read Jesus. But I want to challenge us in such a way that we will be able to see uh, that this is not just a religion. This is a relationship. This is a person who came down. I always said this before. I, let me make the statement again. Every religion starts with the word do. Christianity starts with the word done. Why? Because religion requires you to do something so that you can get close with God. Every religion tells God is in a bad mood. Christianity says God is in a good mood. Amen. God is not mad at you. God is not sad over you. God is glad over you. Can you turn over someone and say, God is not mad at you? Okay, let's go a little bit. Uh, so how did it happen from a small group of, to the largest organization on planet Earth, the largest movement in the entire world? Basically, what happened is, if you look at Jesus, he never wrote a book. There was no book he wrote. The only thing that recorded in the Bible, he was writing something on the sand. We still don't know what he wrote. Okay, <laughs> that was the only thing he wrote on the sand. Okay, Jesus Christ never wrote a song or poem. There was nowhere it's recorded. Jesus wrote a wonderful song, you know, 10,000 reasons. He didn't do that. He never built a church or a building. In fact, he was teaching there and he got lost when he was 12 years old. You remember? And uh, so Jesus never drew any picture. Jesus never traveled more than 350 kilometers. 350 kilometers is, where, where are you from? From Kerala, right? Which part of Kerala? Patanathanda. From there to here, how long? 750 kilometers. 750. So, Brother Ajit has traveled twice the distance that Jesus ever did in his entire life. They call it 200 miles. So if you roughly calculate 200 miles, it comes around 350 kilometers. That's what... Dave, which city you come from in States? Sir? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. So I guess it must be 10,000 kilometers from there to here. Yeah, exactly. So what happened? So in 2,000 years ago, the largest distance Jesus ever covered was 350 kilometers. And we have here people from 700 kilometers, 10,000 kilometers... And my wife is like 6,000 kilometers. And how come this happened? And of course, you know, the beautiful part is, the secret is the resurrection. That's what I want to focus on this morning. It's everything changed. That's what changed. The single act of God splits the history. Even we call BC and AD. Everything changed right there in the resurrection time. Everything, completely so today, people even don't believe in God has to say 20, 20, 2018 AD. And of course, they are so pissed off and they don't want to be called right now. They call it BCE, Common Era and all those nonsense. But the reality of the fact is you can do whatever you can to nullify. 
you can call the sun it's no more a sun but the sun will be called you can call the sun is actually jupiter well you that's your opinion but that the opinion does not mean it's going to change you can deny the fact oh jesus is not a real person but that's your opinion but this is the truth so i really want to challenge you to say find out what's the secret why a bunch of 150 guys from a small village turned this into a massive movement do you know followers of jesus speaks more language than many people who speak in united nations followers of jesus who there is all over in every nation in the world there are 242 nations and 18 territories in all those nations there is at least one follower of jesus wow again i'm not talking about christianity that's a religious stuff we are not going there we're talking about follower of jesus i'm emphasizing that fact because don't confuse religion with the relationship so what's the secret the answer is very simple they lived and they carried the gospel wherever they went that's it that's what they did these simple guys they lived every day they carried the gospel they never had the sacred secular split that happened in the ad 160 where there was a greek dichotomy happened what was the greek dichotomy they started separating sacred versus secular that's why we call sunday a holy day monday whatever that's why i think one pastor said sunday born again monday dead again so we call sunday oh everybody today communion wear white and white you know and then you come and you do your you know stotram 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 on sunday and then monday atra matra matram tuesday mutram 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 okay that's a tamil thing maybe somebody don't understand it's fine but you know the whole concept is this that's how we fall into this system where it's a religious rut and then again saturday comes we are preparing because sunday is a holy day my friend that system was not even there in the mind of god when god created every single day he called it good and when he created you and me he said very good amen turn to someone and say you look very good in the eyes of god and and hold their hand and say you look very good in the eyes of god and if they are single squeeze them little harder you look very good in the eyes of god okay <clears throat> anyway so they lived and carried the gospel in other words this this good news they didn't just use words they didn't preach the words they lived the words that's why i always say there are five gospels in this world four gospels in the bible and the fifth gospel is you and me the world has never read the first four gospels but they will read the fifth gospel which is you and me and if they like the fifth gospel they might go and read the first four gospels but sadly when they come and contact with us they are like oh my you are more depressed than me you are more messed up than me you are you are more hurted than me you know christian people are known for the most offended people on planet earth it should be the other way around sometimes we we are called to be the least offended people but we take everything oh that brother didn't say praise the lord to me that person didn't say you know that pastor only said praise the lord to my wife he always smiles at the woman 
He doesn't say praise the Lord to me. And they got split. That's why I don't say praise the Lord. Why? I praise the Lord. Why should I tell you? Hello? I say good morning. Because it's a morning and it's going to be good. So all my staff, they know. I never tell praise the Lord. You know sometimes when people are mad, they say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have you heard that? You laugh because either you have done it or you know somebody has done it to you. Hello? You look very holy to me, but probably, you know. Praise the Lord. It's like ulcation on steroids, you know. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's like, come on. Get a break, man. So I always, <laughs> sorry, I can rant about this along, but let me stop this. So the daily they lived and carried the good news in every area of their lives. So this is the question we're going to ask now. Okay? How can I live like this and attract people to this beautiful kingdom? How can I be the fifth gospel? See, that's the, my prayer. Every time when you get out of this bubble called church, this is a bubble, right? This is not a reality. We come here, this is just gather, think about what Jesus did, and we, we share the good news. We hear about what God did in each one's life. We, sh- we have a communion together, but we go out. Communion means common union. That's called communion. So we come together. That's, that's, that's about it. But the church literally starts outside the church building. Hello? Your Christian life starts outside church. Your Christian life starts outside Sunday. That means when you are in your little booth and somebody walks in and they have a very bad attitude... How are you going to deal with them? So my, my prayer is that you will be that fifth gospel that will be so attractive that people look at you and say, Wow, man, I don't smell an ounce or an inch of religiosity with you. You are so different. How come? So that's how we're going to, we're going to find out. I have three points here. Okay? I like to practically think so that people can take something in their mind and they can chew on it. So that's why... We put together PowerPoints to show so that it's easy for you to digest it. I don't want you to come and say, yeah, he talked. I don't know what he talked. Have you heard? Have you been to some places? You amazing time. Oh, wow. Ooh, mm, mm. Sometimes they feel like they are constipated or something. Mm, mm. And then, what did he talk? That's a good question. What did he talk? So I am a very practical person. People who are very close to me, they know I'm, I think like that. I want to make it easier for people in such a way they can take it and they can think about it. So how can I bring the kingdom to the beautiful people around me? How can I bring and how can I be the fifth gospel? Three important things. So very easy to remember. If you don't remember, it's better to write it down. Be aware of the open heaven conscious. What does that mean? What does that mean? When Jesus, there is a scripture it says here in John 1.32, he saw a beautiful testimony. He gives a, what is a testimony? Testimony means he saw what something happened. So John, he saw this beautiful testimony. He sees a test, what is the testimony? That Jesus came out of the water, suddenly the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit came in the form of a chicken. I'm checking on you. Form of a? Dove. And he rested upon Jesus. There's a beautiful analogy about Dao. Why Dao? Why not peacock? Why not parrots? Why Dao? Because Dao, I grew up in a very small village. My mom is here. And, uh, and my dad will bring live chickens. And he will say, clean this. 
I don't know whether anybody cleaned those chickens. And it's crazy, you know. And you got to hold the feathers together and the, and the, and the, and the, the vegetarians, please bear with me, uh, you know, and the legs together and you cut it and you have to wait until all the blood oozes out. If you leave it, otherwise it's going to become like the Old Testament tabernacle, you know. So the blood is sprinkled all over. And you have to be just be very careful. And then you boil a big pot of water, you dip it and you take out all the feathers. Now the, the, the chicken looks like came out from a spa or something, waxed everything completely, all the hair is gone. And then you cut the butt, you take out the intestine, and then while I'm doing that, my dad will be saying, be very careful because there is a green stuff. What is it called? A bile. Huh? Yeah, and the Tamil they call it pichi. And he accidentally, if you pierce that, no matter how tasty you cook the chicken, no matter how amazingly Hyderabad dum biryani is made, it's going to taste bitter. Every bird has that green except that dove. That tells me one thing. If you and me have a Holy Spirit, there is no room for bitterness. Amen? If you say, oh, I have Jesus, but then you don't even want to greet somebody because they didn't say first praise the Lord. That means you still carry bitterness. If somebody who is still having bitterness, Holy Spirit cannot dwell in that place. Holy Spirit dwell in holy bodies. So this is the picture. Jesus rose up from the water. Holy Spirit came and rested upon him. That Jesus lives in us. That means that Holy Spirit lives in us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. So who lives in you? Who lives in you? Holy Spirit. So when you have the Holy Spirit, you are under the open heavens. Many times we think open heavens is only when we come to church. Hello? Open heavens is for every person who has the Holy Spirit in him or her. So when you walk in any congregation or in any place you walk into, that place may have closed heaven, but you are bringing the open heaven. Amen? So that's why you have to be conscious of the open heaven. Luke 3.21, it says, people are all baptized and Jesus was also baptized too. And as he was praying, the heavens were opened, the Holy Spirit descended on him and rested on him. My point is this, very simple. If you carry the presence of God in you, you cannot be impressed with the presence of the enemy. Because the presence of God is greater than the presence of the enemy. I'm not saying you have to live in denial. I'm saying be more heaven conscious be aware of the open heaven conscious, not of the devil conscious. More Christians are devil conscious. I call that fluff mentality. That's fluff mentality is always focused on the negative stuff, the evil stuff, the bad stuff. Heaven conscious. You go there, you're bringing heaven wherever you go. You don't fight against darkness. You bring the light. Amen. You don't look at the darkness and say, darkness leave, darkness leave, darkness leave. You go there, light, darkness leaves automatically. Amen. You speak the truth, there is no room for lie. You don't compromise, people will say, well, this is the man of integrity. What is integrity? Doing the right thing when nobody is watching. I can do the holy thing in front of you. But what I am doing when I am alone, that's the most important thing. That's why Jesus, we read that on yesterday, on, like on Friday, we said, he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. What is a transgression? Transgression is an external action. Transgression is a trespass. 
Iniquity is not a trespass, it is an internal motivation. Big difference. The religious mindset only focuses on the transgressions, external actions. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't curse. You know, we have even Christian words. We don't use the word, uh, we call it shoot. We don't want to say, you know, we don't want to say, oh my God, oh my gosh. Because God is a curse word. So we cannot say. We kind of Christianize it in such a way that God will look at us and say, oh, he's not really cursing. Shoot. That's transgression. That's what religion tells you. External actions. But iniquity is internal motivation. Lust, for example. When I look at a girl, how I'm looking at a girl? Am I looking with the eyes of lust? Or what you think in your mind? Hello? Are you getting my point? So, the religion focuses on external modification. Christ focuses on internal transformation. Amen? So, that's the first one. Second one. Be impressed with the light and not with the darkness. How can you bring the kingdom to the people around you? First one, be heaven conscious. Second one, be impressed with the light and not with darkness. I have heard Christians open their mouth. They are so impressed with the devil and they are not impressed with the saviour. Brother, my city brother, very strong brother. It's the graveyard of missionaries. And they look also like skeletons. Why? Because you, whatever you confess, is, that's what's going to happen. Don't confess negative over the city. I'm not saying you have to live in denial. I'm not saying you have to live in denial about the city of Vellur. There are spiritual strongholds in the city. But remember this. Speak truth over the city. Be impressed with the light not with the darkness. I remember someone came to me and asked me for prayer. Brother, my doors, my windows are all shaking. Somebody has done something. I, first I asked them, did you put the latch? latch? Ah, that's a good question, yeah. Because it could be there is no latch and obviously the windows shakes. A lemon on the floor, I said, take it, go inside, make a nice juice. It's summer time. Thank God for the provision. Amen. Oh, somebody kept the lemon. How could a lemon on your doorstep can take away the precious resurrected Christ who lives in you? Hello, who created the lemon also? Da. You get my point? We are so evil conscious, you know. Some, some people when they comb their hair, especially the girls, when they comb their hair, they have a lot of hairs comes out and they are very careful not to put it. Why? Because somebody will take it and make a mandram out of it. They carefully seal it, carefully put it without seeing anything. I'm like thinking, if that's your case, God said, I have counted every hair that came out right now and the ones that's there, remaining 4,000 and the 2,000 in your hand. Come on. We have to go a little bit better than that. Think better than that. I want you to be impressed with the light, not with the darkness. Somebody comes and tells you, oh, this is a very stronghold. Tell that person, the one who lives inside is greater than the one who lives in this world. Amen? Can you turn to the person next to you and say, don't be impressed with the darkness. Let's read a couple of scriptures. John 5.14, it says, you are the light of the world. 
and then few chapters later jesus says in 8:12 jesus spoke again to the people and he said i am the light of the world whoever follows me never walk in darkness but have a light of life listen he makes a very interesting statement he never says i am the light of the earth hello earth has got a light what is it called sun what is the world world means in greek and hebrew it means systems there are a lot of systems there political system economical system family system education system there are called at least seven spheres of influence so all the spheres are systems and jesus says i am the light of the system that means the system is corrupt why because there is no light what did jesus say when you don't have light it's like blind man leading another blind person so you are stuck you make mistake you bring chaos that's why chaos brings confusion confusion is power because power you can control that's why the politicians they always try to confuse why confusion means i don't know i don't know amma died she went to apollo they said he she had idli they said she had dosa why it's you are in the constant yeah amma is walking amma is doing amma just ate this amma drank this amma drank more whatever and suddenly amma went so confusion you get my point so the confusion is control that's why the more you are confused you don't know what to do that's why bible says be sober why because when you are drunk hello are you getting my point when you are drunk you are confused but when you are drunk in the holy spirit he clears out confusion so the confusion clears it out when you walk there bringing the messenger of light there is no confusion my prophecy over you that you wherever you go there is no confusion why you carry the light that's what jesus said i am the light of the world and then he said you are the light of the world what does it mean no confusion can stand before the light amen that's why in every door if you open in every home the first place after the door you open where is the light switch on your right or your left the first thing they don't keep the light switch at the end of the house some old houses in india they have sorry they they have a different way of thinking you know but in the modern homes where is the first switch it's there why because you don't go there and you look at the darkness god i command the darkness to leave you don't do that you turn on the light that's my prayer for you you are not going to be impressed with the darkness you are there as a messenger of light boom amen my prayer is that people will come close to you will be cleared they will be confused but when they talk to you 5 minutes they'll feel elated not like oh after talking to him <laughs> i feel more depressed you know i remember one of my friends said i thought he is a christian he will help me after talking to him i thought i am in much better place brother my prayer is that after 5 minutes conversation you know you take a break you go to the cmc that big tree under there you take your coffee you stand there somebody will come and say how was your day and most of the time people are you know just having some sugar to help their stress out and you are taking a sip and as you are communicating the person come in contact i prophesy over you they will be feeling much elated wow he walks 36 hours straight but the words come out of his mouth is much different amen not like huh, huh, why i am standing here <laughs> lord have mercy you know anyway let's keep going the last one okay know where you are seated in christ how can you bring a kingdom influence be heaven conscious 
Say this after me. To be heaven conscious. Number two, to be, to be impressed with the light. Say this after me. To be impressed with the light. Number three, to know where you are seated in Christ. It's a beautiful scripture. I don't know whether you've read this. Probably you've read. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Let's read this together. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, as we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realms. For we now co-seated as one with Christ. What does that mean? Co-seated. That means you are in a messy place, in a deep trouble. You know, you are down there. God puts his hand and he rescues up. And he says, now, son, sit with me. Daughter, sit with me. You are co-seated. That's the best seating that you can ever get. That means from here, you don't beg. You just declare and decree. Down there, you beg, you speculate, you cry, you bargain. You know, some Christians, they bargain with God. If you do this, I will do this, Lord. If you give me this job, if you give me this girl in my life, I will be the person that you want me to be. God knows if he gives that girl in his life, he will be opposite to what God wants him to be. That's why God is very silent. So they say, I'm going to start a 40 days fasting. God will say, oh, you're going to come home sooner than I thought. <laughs> when you are not seated next to him, when you don't know where you are seated, how are you going to be calling? You're going to bargain? You're going to beg? Oh, I am nothing, father. I am a small insect. If you are an insect, God doesn't need to send his son. He would have sent a spray. Psst. God so loved the insect, he sent a spray. Psst. So whoever smells this will perish. That's Charles chapter 3 verse 16. God so loved the world, he sent us. So you bargain or you beg or you bribe to God. These are all a slave mentality. They are all doing those three things. Bargain, Say this after me. Bargain, bribe, beg. But when you are seated next to Christ, you don't do all those things. What do you do? You agree with this mind and you declare it over. So what happens? Psalms 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. And we always, always read the last part. He will give me the desires. He will give me the desires. Yes, Lord. You know, one guy was praying. He will give me my desire. I am praying for this girl. I asked him, do you know if she is single or married? <laughs> I don't know. That's a first question. Good question. I found out that girl is already taken. So if you are praying for someone's wife, he is not going to give you the desires. Hello? You get my point? So if delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean? When you are seated next to him, his delight will be your delight. He shares the secrets. That's why the Bible says he shares his secrets to his beloved. That means you are next to them. You know, if you are married, you know, Jyotis, you have now pillow talk with your wife, right? Have you ever had pillow talk? Yes, I have pillow talk with my wife. I never had pillow talk with Justin. That's so awkward, you know? <laughs> Why? Because there is some things you do with your wife. Am I right? But you have done pillow talk with Jija, Right? There's so much deeper stuff. And pillow talks are the most confidential talks you will ever have. Am I right or wrong? Amen. Yes? 
yes the single you are wondering when can i have pillow talk father my tears are all on pillow don't worry god is answering you 2018 a glorious year will gonna come amen at least say amen come on say amen jasmine amen see exactly <clears throat> i'm adding a little humor to it but you get my point he when you are seated next to him he shares his dreams and you are like wow you think that much about me yeah now i'm going to declare and decree this is how these disciples lived so let's wrap this up so that's why christmas and easter is so important why christmas reminds of course this word christmas easter they have all pagan roots i i i don't have time to deal with that you know so it's it's a horrible stuff you know because we are sucked into this religious thinking and that's why we have there is no christmas tree easter eggs you know easter bunny uh, the santa claus i'm just using the common terms the birth of jesus and the resurrection are so important why it reminds me of jesus birth but it also reminds me of what jesus did on the cross and rose again we're going to take the lord's supper but i want to challenge us this morning so what is the qualification to take part in this the bible says i want you to read we don't have it on the screen we read it when we started this church this morning first john chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 1 John chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 it says this is the testimony god has given us eternal life and this life is in his son whoever has the son has life whoever does not have the son of god does not have life you see my friend one of the beautiful benefits of following jesus there are a lot of beautiful benefits one is you know we let get to live without condemnation we have holy spirit in us we are unconditionally loved by god all those things are true one of the beautiful thing that one day we will go to heaven and let me tell you you can't go to heaven on someone else's prayer or mercy and you also cannot go to hell on someone else's prayer or mercy it is foolish to be unprepared for what we are what we know it is inevitable the death is inevitable the recent statistics of mortality rate is 100% that means everybody is here one day going to this is why i came to church to hear that i'm going to die that's that's the statistics you can't help so what are you going to do when you live here you're going to make choices that's going to have eternal consequences every idea has a consequence god had an idea and the idea is actually jesus and jesus came and he became the sacrifice for us and when you receive him you have eternal life